Welcome to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast. We're your hosts, Nick and Harry. We're back, everybody, with another season. I guess season five, we can call it. Are you ready for a new season, Nick? Yeah, I'm always I'm always really excited to get back, get back in the booth after a long break, uh, get into a new group of topics. Me so. too. I'm excited. To our listeners, have you ever struggled with the car buying process? Are you in the market for a car right now? We have an episode for you. This episode is going to be start to finish how to buy a car, how to make the process as painless as possible because I think there's isn't there a stigma where that in general buying a car is going to be a terrible process, right? Yeah, I think that's, you know, the general consensus around the car buying process. This is a relevant topic for me. I'm gearing up to, you know, start my own search for a car, my first uh car purchase in my adult life. You know, I had one as a teenager and then lived in cities where I didn't need a car for a while. So relevant episode. And I, I learned a lot from the prep and from talking to you about this process because you've gone through it before a couple of times. So it's going to be helpful for me. I hope it's helpful for the listeners, too. Yeah. All right. Before we get into it, what do you got for highs and lows from last season to this yeah, my high is that I got my bonus. I think I mentioned that in the last episode that, you know, numbers came in from the company where I wouldn't have gotten a bonus, but they changed the formula. And so got that. Always good to have a nice chunk of change, a little, little extra play money, a little That's extra nice. savings, all that. Uh, my low is going to be that I counted the months wrong, I guess. And so I, I get two months of free rent in my uh, apartment because it was the first, you know, move-in deals it was a brand new building and all that and i had thought that second free month was going to be march it's not it's april so not a big deal throws everything um, off it feels like yeah you got yeah you got i hadn't i hadn't spent it yet or anything but <laughs> mentally i've sort of been waiting for a few things before i start the car buying process yeah. and so like i wanted to get the bonus i wanted to get my uh, second free month and then i want to get my tax return just have a, a better idea of the money I have in front of me before I start that process. So mm-hmm. nice. What about you? I got a job. That's the high. Wow, that's right. We haven't recorded in so long. I think I, I was complaining the past few episodes about being unemployed and not having a job. And yeah, I forgot that was even news. Yeah, so I I got a new job, which is exciting. Um, the low is that I never got any unemployment money. And unemployment insurance that I filed for. Yeah, they for. never got back to you. No, they were. I I filed for it every week, but they never paid me anything. So, what uh, if I can get some back is, pay? The system is working. Yeah, right. They they I, just kept pushing you off until you got a new job. And well, I mean, I was lucky. I followed the the budgeting episode and the savings episodes that I had um, some savings that I could live off of while I was yeah. And, and if I didn't, you listened didn't to the unemployment episode too, because you got that you got those claims in immediately. That's true. They still never That's managed true. to process yeah. them before your next job. That's true. So, so yeah, right. In a in a worst case scenario where you never got that, or you still were looking, hopefully they would have come in by now. But right. So it is what it is. Um, all right, let's talk about buying a car. There are, I don't know, 
We label. I got. We got like eight, eight or so steps here. Um, the first thing it's it's very similar to when we were talking about buying a house, which is you need to find out how much you can afford. If you start going looking at cards that are way out of your budget before you know what you can afford, it it sets the wrong expectations in your head. And yeah, there's there's yeah. plenty of room in this process for personal preferences and flavor and all of that to be a part of the decision making process. But you want to start from a, a data driven approach. Like you, you want to have that number, that money number in your head first, because it's easy to start convincing yourself to stretch the budget <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> if you start falling in love with cars first. Well, it's like if you if you start thinking about and looking at like a really nice Mercedes or something, then even a really nice Honda Civic is not going to seem as cool or as nice. But if you start with like, here's what I can afford. Let me start looking at cars in that range. Then hopefully you're more happy with what you land on. So, right. Yeah. You you find that number and it doesn't make any sense to look at cars over that number and you can kind of avoid some of that temptation. Right. Right. So what do you think, like, how do we <clears throat> decide how much car we can afford? Yeah, well, so, right. That That's usually going to be determined by your, the monthly payment, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that's going to be sort of the metric we, we measure this by. And so that's going to be affected by your down payment. Usually we'll get into this a little more later, right? But down payment, you usually want to be 20% cash ready to put down the day you walk out the door with the car. The rest of that, that monthly payment that's going to make up the rest of the car should be, what was it, 10%? Yeah, right, I think if you aim for around 10% like post-tax, yeah, be okay. So 10% of your take-home for the payment, but that's not the only expense of having a car, right? There's going to be the maintenance, gas, and insurance, those are all going to add up. And so generally you want to aim for everything that's going to cost you money as a result of the car to be less than 20% of your monthly take home. And and th- yeah, go ahead. That is the rule of thumb, but you still need to take into account the 50, 30, 20 rule. Yeah, that's what I was going with. On this your budget. Is, you're, you're, you're taking on a new need, right? Yes. It's yeah. A, so if you're an obligation, if you're already at, 45% of your budget going to needs. You can use this 20% rule of thumb, but that might put you at like 60% mm-hmm. of your budget going towards needs. So you can't just look at it in a vacuum. Even if you have the extra money in your needs, you don't want to go over this 20% of your monthly take home, but you still need to take into account what your other debt obligations are. So say your take home pay is around 5,000 a month. That means you don't want a car payment more than 500 a month. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So now you've got a range. You can wrap your head around cars within that range. The next thing you got to do is narrow down what make and model based on, and this should be mainly based on your lifestyle. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use it most often? If you're mostly commuting to and from work, I'd probably advise against like, some type of gas guzzler or like huge pickup truck or something if you're not using you know the benefits of a pickup truck i think start to decide if you're a commuter you're going to be looking for cars with good fuel economy 
if you do a lot of like camping or off-roading, then you might be looking for Jeeps, Subarus, um, things like that. So start to, I don't know, think about what lifestyle you're going to live with this car. Yeah, narrow, narrow that down. Um, be realistic about what you're going to be doing with the car. True. Uh, there are tons of car ranking sites that give reviews. Car and Driver, US News, Edmonds, Consumer Reports. I was, when I was you know, looking for my last car, I started to look for what are the common themes across those uh, or common cars mentioned for, um, you know, certain categories. And so that can help you narrow down too if you're unsure. Um, but what you can do is if you're really unsure, you can work backwards, like Nick was saying, work backwards from the data and look at like uh, cars.com or car gurus or something for cars that are within your price range. So if you can afford a $15,000 car, set that as a bar and look for the types of cars that are, you know, in that in that range and see what stands out. If something seems cool, then okay, that might be the the path you want to go down. Yeah, and it, it depends on what you're working with too. If you have a higher budget, it's a little easier to start with the looking at common car rankings and things like that and then go see what is available um amongst those cars in your price range if you're on a stricter budget it's probably going to be you know more efficient of a search if you just start with that number and look at what cars are available um what you can afford yeah that's a good idea um then you're going to want to start looking at insurance yes because uh, i feel like that is a sizable monthly expense that a lot of people aren't taking into account when they think about owning the additional yeah yeah the additional expenses of car ownership or even maybe getting a different type of car um, people forget about the insurance so we'll probably we can probably do a whole episode on car insurance yeah i think yeah you're saying that that we're we're covering sort of what you need to know for buying a car as it relates to insurance but there's a lot that goes into it there's so many different types of coverage um whether or not you should file a claim, when, when to file a claim, what, mm-hmm. that, what that affects, all of that. Um, you know, What do you actually do if you need to use the insurance, all of that stuff. So I think we'll be covering that in the, the next episode probably. So for this part, we'll say you are going, you're not going to be able to drive a car off the lot without insurance. So you're going to need quotes and you're going to need to have a policy ready to go for when you actually do pick that car um, of your dreams. So you will need to tell them. Well, first, I'd say start with if you have a house or uh, renters insurance. Yeah, yeah, renters. Some something else you have insured. A lot of times you get discounts for bundling, so you might want to look at that company first and say like, "Hey, I want to add on auto insurance," and then you know sometimes you get a discount on on those. But uh, look at you know there's a bunch of websites that offer um, rankings for car insurance, and there's so many out there, but. They're going to want to know what types of cars you're looking at, and you can give them a ballpark, but you can give them the actual car you want to buy when you're when you're ready. Okay, what about the research part? I know you like doing research. So after you know, you've know you narrowed down, like, I think I want a Honda Civic or uh, a Range Rover or something. <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you want to do research because information is power. And mm-hmm. you want to know if 
what you're hearing from the car dealership or the car salesman is accurate or not. Both because you, if someone's giving you information that you know isn't true or doesn't line up with what you've researched, you may choose to just walk away from them. Yep. And not, you know, they, they've, they've started the interaction in bad faith. You can tell they're a little shady. Um, you can just walk away. So you've weeded out someone that you don't want to be conducting a, a transaction with. The other part is e- even if they're not trying to swindle you, they might leave things out. They might not point out things or maybe there's something they don't want you to ask about so they don't bring it up, but it's something you should ask. Maybe that car has some specific problem that has a high failure rate and they're not going to bring it up and advertise that to you, but you know that from your research. This reminds me of that um, Ron Swanson when he goes to Home Depot and Parks and Rec and the guy asks him if he needs any help and he's like, I know more than you. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's so nice going into a dealership being like, I know more about the trims, models, price ranges than you do because then they, they're, a lot of times they're relying on the fact that you don't you don't know what you want, you haven't done a lot of research, so they can push you towards more expensive things or if something's missing, a, you know, a sunroof or something, they could say like, oh, I don't know if any of them, you know, come with sunroofs actually and you're like no actually this you know this model does it should those types of things so yeah maybe there's a specific feature like the sunroof that you'd like a lot and they don't have any on the lot that fit that so they tell you it just doesn't exist mm-hmm. you know or something like that yep. um but there aren't any available even though they made them or something like that so if you know better you can be your own your own best advocate the, the YouTube reviewers and like websites that are offering reviews are usually, they're not the ones trying to sell you the car, so they can be a little bit more honest about it. So come in with your homework done, research before you show up at the dealership so that you know what you want. Uh, next thing is to find those types of cars that you want in your area. So depending on how far you're willing to travel, you can set the radius, but Car Gurus, Auto Trader, Car.com, Cars.com. Look at some of those dealers. Most dealers will post their cars on those sites. But if you know you uh, definitely want a Ford F one fifty or Toyota Tacoma or something, then look at the local dealers too, because they may not always post to all of those uh, aggregate sites. So look around, see if the car that you want is available within. I don't know what what however far you're willing to go for it. I actually wound up going I was living in my last car I was living in North Carolina and wound up going to Washington DC. Took an overnight bus oh, to DC yeah, because right. wound up being I saved like $2000. The bus was worth, you know, 2 grand to go that far 6 hours rather than buy something near me. Yeah, so right, that like, was worth yeah, it to me. $60 bus ticket and a few right. hours of your time. Worth so two K, exactly. Okay, so you've got a sense of around you what cars are available, and that with that you'll see what are they listed for. What's the current market rate on average for the mar <laughs> the make and car that you want? Pick a price. What am I willing to spend? What do I think I can get this car for based on the whatever twenty five hundred mile radius that I set? So, for example, like I was looking at Mazdas, I saw uh, that around the co- around the country, 
the one that I wanted was listed anywhere from 17,000 to 22,000 or something. So I said 18,000 is the most I'm willing to spend. I know if I'm patient enough, I can get a car for that amount. That's going to have to be your, your firm, like out the door price of what's my max budget. And that should definitely align to what you're, you know, pre-approved for with the loans, but also to what, what do you have in cash for the down payment? Like Nick was saying earlier, you got to have, uh, going to have to put probably 20% down for the loan. So make sure you have enough cash based on the, you know, the price you're looking to pay. So yeah, that's, so th- that's important is picking that number ahead of time, because once you actually talk to these car salesmen, they're going to try to move that number all around mo- up. They're going to try to move yep. it up. And they, and they do that all day, every day. That, that's their job. You know, and so that, that, again, goes back to the research and coming in prepared and knowing your number, um, being ready to walk out if they're not matching your number, all of that, um, because they, they know the tricks. They, they use them every day, and they use them because mm-hmm. a big percentage of the time it works. And so what you need to do is come in prepared and not be one of those people that get taken advantage of. All right, so you've done all this homework. You know what you want to pay. Now you can go into the dealer. You can reach out ahead of time online. I My last car, I actually did all the negotiation over email before I actually went in. But you can set up appointments, go see the car that you want. There are When you go in and you say, I want to see this uh, Ford Focus, then they are going to see, say, well, do you want to see you know this nicer one, this nicer model? instead um and try to upsell you that's the you know their whole job is to get more out of you so stick to the one that you came in for say no i want to see this car i saw it on your website that's the one i want to see um and they're going to start asking about financing and if you're trading anything in they make a lot of money from financing which is like you getting your loan through them so tell them you're open to it you shouldn't be because they're going to give you terrible you know, rates and, and a terrible deal, but don't tell them that like, no, I've already got it locked down with my bank because they'll be more willing to work with you on the price if they can get you to do their own financing. So just tell them you're open to it. Um, and do not tell them that you're trading something in because they'll ma- manipulate the numbers there too, so that it looks like you're getting less on the car, but you're actually just getting nothing for your trade in. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that was a good point you made there that I hadn't thought about. Um, follow up on that though. What, what is your suggestion to do with the car, the old car then? Oh, you can not trading it in. Once you've definitely decided on uh, a price, like the contract is signed or whatever, or you're down, it's, you know, it's printed and you're going to sign, then you can bring up, say, you know what? I think I might actually want to trade in my car that at that point, they can't change the price that you agreed to. And then they're going to have to appraise your car and they'll give you money for it. So you Got can it, okay. you can trade it in. You don't usually get as much as if you went like private or something, but that's that can be a pain, right? Trying to sell it on Craigslist. So trading it in is not always a bad option to avoid the headache. Yeah, There's so you also can still the, trade it in. You just want to be uh, meticulous about the timing of of that part of the conversation. Exactly. Um, there's also like Carvana and CarMax in them, the ones that buy used cars. I sold my last car to CarMax. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they'll buy it too. All right, so test drive. 
the one that you want. Make sure you know you actually like driving it, um, and that if it's that specific model, that that's the one you want. It feels good, and then you can make an offer. You could you could go a little bit lower and let them negotiate you up to the the price that you agreed to in your head before you came in, or you could just stay firm on that price and be willing to walk away. I don't think there's much. Uh, I don't think it makes much of a difference, but make an offer. They're going to counter. Then you got to be willing to leave. The most important thing you can do is be willing to leave. That's like your number one tool in negotiating a car is you can walk away. They need the sale. You don't. You're going to get, you got a few other dealer appointments set up with a very similar make and model. Even if you don't, tell them you do. <laughs> yeah. You have nothing to lose, right? Like you're not going to get in trouble for lying to the, the oh, yeah, no, no, salesman. No. They're trying to make things sound the best they can for them. You should make things sound the best you can for you. Yeah. You got to be willing to walk away. So leave, go to another dealer. It's it's actually helpful if you can go like right to another appointment so that you don't get too attached to that one car. That's what they're relying on. It's like you're they're trying to make you feel, wow, this is I can totally see you in this car. You look so good in it, right? They're gonna make you feel like this is the one that you have to be in. Don't get to it, don't get attached to it. I'm telling you, there's tons of other cars of the same make and model and year and miles. So be willing to look around at other ones and, and walk away. Like I I was so set on this car that was when I was in North Carolina, it was three hours away in Atlanta. I went down there. They tried to bait and switch me with the with the price, and I left with empty yeah. handed. They they were lying on the fact like, oh, he came all this way. He's not going to walk away. He's going to pay the higher price because he's you know he came all this way. No way. Not yeah. No, that's real shady. I left. So, I, I have some. I have a lot. <laughs> I have a lot of uh, memories. I don't know if they were traumatic, but maybe they were for me about car shopping with my dad growing up <laughs> um but i do i do remember at one time I, he was him and my mom were car searching and they had made an appointment to look at a car and when we got there they didn't have that car anymore mm-hmm. but they had like you know he came in and was like oh we actually don't have that one on the lot but do you want to look at some of these that are like the definition of bait and switch you know and, and yeah i just remember i'm, I'm very uncomfortable confrontation i think my dad had an appropriate response and kind of you know cussed him out and the family (laughs) left but yeah that stuff does happen we've we've both seen it in person and so just be ready for it yeah so walk away and then wait make sure they have your number wait for their call they're going to call either later that day or within a few days and probably come down a little bit closer to your number and you can just say that's so nice. Wow. I'm, I really appreciate you working with me. That's a really generous offer. But, act, you know, that's unfortunately, that's still out of my budget. So let me know if anything changes. Bye. Hang up. And then you're going to go back and forth. They're going to come down a little bit more. Um, one of these dealers will come down to your price. It's, it could take a few weeks. You got to be patient. But once they come down to your number, you say, great. And you go in and make sure your insurance is ready to go ask for like a detail full tank of gas mats anything else you can throw in for when you pick it up and uh you got your car that easy <laughs> it's not i guess it's not that easy but uh this is the way to make it as painless as possible that i found and to you know get the car you want spend the least amount yeah and i think it, it follows a lot of what we've gone over so far here where it's not I want to say it's not simple, but it's easy. 
I think it, it's kind of a good way. Like none of this stuff is super complicated. It's just an overwhelming process to approach when you don't know anything about it. Right. All right. That's what we're doing. Like break it down to simple steps. All of these steps are easy enough for everyone listening to follow and accomplish. And now you know them. It's, it's not this nebulous thing that you need to figure out. That there's mm-hmm. a roadmap for you to follow. All right. Well. All right. So we went through the process. You know all the steps. Um, we've given a few personal examples. But Harry, you actually have here. You went back and, and dug out of the archives your email negotiation um, that landed you your current car. <laughs> yeah, I found the email thread. It's, this is 2016. And um, I was I was enthralled going through this. But like I was. <laughs> I was watching an Oscar bait movie back and forth. Uh, let me give the let me give the high level of these so I won't read out all the emails, but all right, the car is listed. I'm gonna give the real numbers. The car's listed for twenty K. This that's the context. It's the Mazda three that I wanted. Did all the research. I knew this is the one. Uh, the type of the model that I want. So I reached out to the dealership, told them that I was interested and that I really like this car and I wanted to pay seventeen thousand for it. That's three K less than what it was listed for. So they come back to me and say, I can't sell it for that. I can sell it for 19000 plus taxes and fees and make me feel like I'm getting a really good deal doing that. I went back and said, thank you for you know giving me that, that generous offer, but that's still out of my budget. Sorry. He says, this is the best deal I can do. This is fully loaded. It's great. I can do... Uh, at like a few hundred more off he gave me and i said nope sorry um you know if anything changes let me know and they're very they're very aggressive too oh yeah that first that first message they're already saying like we can write up the contract yeah come by come by and drive off with it they're making it seem like hey one more email and you're good and then they follow up that second rejection or second contact they're saying it's the lowest one in the market come get it yeah. you know they're, they're they are very they're pressuring you so i say i appreciate your help have a great day and then he says what's your offer will another 500 make the deal and i say no the most i can afford is eighteen thousand. i can come down i'm ready to do it if you can go do that he brings in his sales manager and says we want to earn your business but we can't do eighteen thousand. we can do nineteen thousand. and i say i'll I have some other options, so I'm going to probably go with those. And they say, if you change your mind, let me know, and we'll honor the the nineteen thousand. A week goes by. I thought he was. I thought that one was done. I was reaching out to other dealers, and he says it's still available. Can you come by and make a deal? Well, I said yes. I'd love to make a deal, but for eighteen thousand. And he said, I can't do eighteen thousand. That I want to earn your business, but we can do nineteen thousand. He's not really budging. And I say, I want it, but <laughs> it's just going back and forth. I yeah. want it, but I'm not paying over eighteen thousand. And he said, Okay, I'll do eighteen thousand five hundred. Okay, so he's still coming down. They do have wiggle room. He says it's it's impossible. Whenever they say it's impossible, it's not. So then I say, Nope, sorry. I, I was like, oh, five hundred bucks, what whatever. But I, you know, I stuck to my my guns because I didn't want to pay more than eighteen thousand. I said. Really appreciate it. If anything changes, let me know. Five days later, another five days go by, and he reaches out and say, just wanted to let you know we can do 18000 So after all that, they came down to the price that I originally wanted. But this is, you know, you got to be patient. That was, you know, over the course of two, three weeks or so. So then I went and yeah. got it. 
So they did have wiggle room, right? There, there's no legal yeah. requirement for them to, um, you know, be truthful about what their range is. Nope. On prices. So don't take them at face value. No, not at all. So yeah, that's one example. Don't make sure, don't be afraid to negotiate. This is saving you thousands. It's thousands in the purchase price, but since you're paying interest on it in your car payment, that's going to be a lot more. You know, your payment will be lower. It's going to over the life of the loan. You'll be saving on interest and all that. So um, definitely negotiate. Right. Yeah. You, the, the dealer is getting 18,000 for this vehicle, but the bank that's financing it, you're going to be paying them more Plus than five percent or whatever yeah, your interest right. rate. Yeah, you actually end up spending more than your uh, purchase price on the car mm-hmm. over the life of the loan. All right, so that's the process. Let us know if you have any questions. Let us know if you have any negotiating tactics or things we missed for buying a car. But um, yeah, we'll get into car insurance in a, in a later episode and. We really appreciate you tuning into this one. Yeah, I'm excited to use this stuff in my own life. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling amped up and ready. It's the negotiating is kind of fun if you lean into it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, the salesman would say that. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, it's good to be back. New season. Bye everybody. You've been listening to the More Sense Than Dollars podcast.